1: My mom may have had something to do with my dad's death. It happened so long ago. I was eight and it's been shrouded in mystery. But it is a mystery I can no longer ignore. Let me back up. My whole life, I never had that main character energy. Never wanted it. Not when I come from a family full of secrets and what I assume to be a crap load of lies. I was content on being in the background, working hard, getting good grades. I excelled at staying out of trouble. Moving away from home for the first time at the ripe age of 23, getting my PhD, it was all part of that plan. A plan I thought was going to get easier the farther away I got from mom. When you're a kid, you take your parents at face value. They know everything and have your best interest at heart. Then you become an adult and you see your parents as they really are. Messy humans. If you're lucky, you get to forgive them, knowing they did the best they could. But with my mom, Barbara, I'm seeing that things are much worse than anything I could have imagined, on top of her being a full-blown narcissist. I thought if I kept my head down, I could have a chance at a normal life, a nice, boring life fit for a supporting character. But with new information about my dad coming to light, I have to finally step up as the lead in my own story. I thought this was going to be one of those cliché coming-of-age dramedies. You know, the one where I start writing my own music or open a bakery. Instead, what I'm finding myself in is a thriller. One that comes with way more mommy issues than I thought. This is not what I imagined signing up for when I moved to Florida. But here we freaking are.
0: Hun, Yeah? You were spacing out pretty hard. Anything on your mind? Oh, the usual. New town, new chapter. I'm starting to take it personally picking a school so far from home. This is one of the best PhD programs in genetics. I built you to be more than someone who hides behind a, a microscope all day. You built me? You know what I mean. We worked so hard.
1: New York City is your oyster. The saying is, the world is your oyster. So that includes Gainesville, Florida.
0: Manhattan is the world, and my connections are now your connections. But instead, you've moved to
1: Swampville, USA. You don't need my help with the charity organizations.
0: It is a legacy. All the good you could be doing with me, and you
1: want to be a lab rat? Dad went here, remember? Same program. Is that why you're doing this? Really? This is your terminal.
0: (laughs) We're at a regional airport in Florida. This is the only terminal. I should have flown private.
1: Why are you trying to have this conversation now?
0: Because it's just hitting me how serious you are about this path.
1: Yeah, upending the only life I've known finally tipped you off? You're right, it's too late.
0: Promise you'll call me every day.
1: You mean text. I can text you every day. And I think a call once every few weeks will be healthy. Boundary-wise, I love you. Call once a week, okay? Okay! (sighs) Free at last. How did you know? I literally just dropped her off.
2: When a child finally detaches themselves from a controlling mother, the shift is felt all through the universe.
1: Please stop calling her mother. It stopped being normal after the 1930s.
2: How do you feel?
1: Like a thousand pounds of pressure lifted off.
2: And if you never live with her again, you get to feel that way forever.
1: Thanks for the life hack.
2: (laughs) I'm proud of you, taking this step.
1: Thanks. I'm probably driving on the same roads dad used to.
2: Mm, you probably are. Uh, listen, I n- know you're starting to have more questions about the family history, but trying to find answers is going to distract you from the life you want.
1: A boring normal life still comes with questions that need to be answered.
2: Uh, not when those questions are connected to mother.
1: I told you!
2: I know. Now I'm doing it to annoy you. But seriously, anything you're trying to figure out with regards to Barbara may make your life very hard.
1: Did you try answering these questions at some point?
2: Got an appointment with a therapist yet? She's supposed to be the best. For that area. If you don't connect with her, she can recommend a better fit.
1: Next Monday. I'll see what the therapist thinks of the dream.
2: (laughs) You may be disappointed in her answer. Probably some kind of metaphor.
1: Well, I'll bring my A-game regardless.
2: That's not how therapy works. Besides, you've been bringing your A-game your whole life. Take it easy for once down there in the sleepy south. Hey, what are you doing your first night away from her?
1: I'm going to try alcohol and play my favorite music very loud.
2: Hmm, good plan.
1: Oh, you didn't answer my question.
2: I know. I gotta go. Work shit.
1: What city are you calling from? And how's the covert mission going?
2: I'm doing boring diplomatic work in D.C.
1: I don't believe you, but I love you
2: love you too,
3: baby sis. Hi, Catherine. I'm Ellie.
1: Please sit. On the couch?
3: Wherever you feel most comfortable.
1: How about the floor? If you want. Is this a test? What do you mean? Like where I choose to sit lets you know something about me.
3: Most everything we do says something about us, but no. This is not a test. As in, there's no pass or fail in where you choose to sit.
1: I choose the couch. Okay. This is my first time in therapy. Trying therapy in your
3: 20s is quite common. Some people don't get around to it until much later and can regret not doing it sooner. But it's not for everyone either.
1: I want to talk about the dream. Dream
3: interpretation.
1: I already read a bunch of stuff on that. I think this is something else. I just call it a dream to not sound crazy. Everything I say here is confidential, right?
3: That's how therapy works.
1: I have fainting spells. Been happening for a few years now. It's the exact same thing every time. I faint, I'm in a police station that looks like it's from 50 years ago, and I'm sitting behind a desk. A uniformed cop walks up to me and says, Detective. Then what happens? That's it. Every time. I've never been in a police station. Let alone one in the 1970s.
3: Mm, You could have seen a police station like that from a movie. May have stuck with you. This
1: feels like a memory. You hear about that kid who remembered his past life as a baseball player in the 1940s? Knew so much he shouldn't have at the age of, like, five.
3: Like reincarnation?
1: I don't know. I just thought that with this confidentiality, I can finally talk about this stuff.
3: You felt like you couldn't talk about it before.
1: With my mom, when the spells started happening, she was concerned. But not as concerned as I wanted her to be. You know when you want them to be as freaked out as you are to make you feel like this is important?
3: I think we can call that empathy.
1: But when I told her about this dream memory thing, then she freaked out. I got MRIs and spent a few nights being monitored during sleep. Nothing. And when nothing else happened in the dream, she lost interest which I realized for the first time is what I really wanted. To not be the focus of her attention. Why do you say that? Barbara can be intense. But I can be intense too. It's why I stayed with her through college. I was on this trajectory. Mom is like my partner in that. Dad died when I was young. Made Mom and I closer, I guess.
3: So why did you choose a school so far away?
1: After getting my master's, I tried to establish more of my own life. So she... I don't know how to put it. Dug her claws.
3: That's a really strong image.
1: Yeah, I guess it is. I escaped her grasp. I'm not complaining. She provided a great life. The trust from my grandfather, we were provided for. Well off, even. Did you feel loved by her? In her own twisted way, yeah. It did feel different from what I saw with my friend's parents. Mom was like this coach, motivational speaker, and dictator all in one. It's why Stern is so successful. I'm on that track, too. She instilled that in us. She showed us the hard side of life if we didn't work. So we worked hard at everything. She loves to brag about me, but also somehow takes credit for everything I do. So maybe she's not so supportive.
3: Do you think she's being intentionally unsupportive?
1: Or is it just in her nature?
3: Not sure nature is the right framing, but we all have dominant tendencies. Things we develop early on, usually as defensive mechanisms.
1: I think all of her support and focus on me is really about her. How I make her look. How... how can I emulate what she does? I think she's obsessed with this idea of herself. And I'm like an extension of that.
3: Catherine, you're describing a narcissist.
1: Yeah, I was afraid of that.
3: Are you okay?
1: Just just a little anxiety. Looks like more than a little. Here's some water. Thanks. I'm in this program because it's the same one my dad did. My way of staying closer to him. He died when I was so young. I'm sorry. When was that? I was eight. He was my whole world.
3: I can imagine at that age he was, then you had to deal with an enormous loss.
1: Stern. He was... He tried to be there as best he could. Relieved when he checked in on me. I remember not liking the idea of it being just Mom and I. How did Mom show up for you? I don't really remember. Just that feeling of wanting someone else there too. A buffer. When I got older, the way she contextualized it all... I swear, it seemed like she's happy Dad was out of the picture. It started to eat away at me, this seed of an idea. Sorry, I never really said this out loud before. But I think my mom had something to do with my dad's death.
3: This realization can feel like trauma, a new trauma on top of the loss.
1: Yeah, sure. But I'm also finally starting to take action. By coming down here, it's like I had to choose. Mom's path or Dad's path. And by coming to Florida, maybe I can finally get some answers.
3: And this brings up anxiety for you.
1: Are you not familiar with my family?
3: I don't look up new patients online.
1: This family trust. It's big. Tens of billions. It made my mom very powerful. She's cultivated this network of influence, mainly political and corporate. What would you do if you had to go against one of the most powerful people in New York? Maybe the country. And that person is your mom. And your mom
3: could be a malignant narcissist. Malignant? What's that? The worst
1: kind. Oh. Freaking great.
4: Oat milk latte for Jared. Thank you. Catherine. Yeah? Sorry to interrupt. I'm the TA in your genomics class. Jared?
1: Yes! Hey! You weren't interrupting.
4: Just looked like you have a lot on your mind.
1: Doesn't everyone? Would you like to sit?
4: Sure. You made quite the impression in class last week.
1: Professor Wilkes accusing me of believing in reincarnation? Very embarrassing.
4: Well, I was intrigued. And I'm sure a lot of other students were, too.
1: The whole experiencing past lives thing... It's a bit personal for me. Really? Yeah. But I'm sick of hearing myself talk. Just blabbered about it in therapy. Oh, okay. Wait, we're not supposed to admit we go to therapy.
4: Crap. I think that's our parents' generation.
1: Ah, okay.
4: Yeah. Our grandparents never went to therapy. Our parents went but lied about it. And we get to freely admit we go. Well, that's a relief. I went as a kid. Parents divorced when I was 12.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
4: It wasn't your fault. Or was it?
1: You got me. Hey, can I ask if you know of any parties happening?
4: This is a giant university. Throw a rock outside any time of day, and you'll (laughs) hit one.
1: Yeah, sorry if this is coming out awkward. I don't have many friends down here.
4: You just moved from New York.
1: Yeah, so full disclosure, I don't have any friends down here.
4: Are you asking me to be your friend? We can give it a trial run. I like that. Let's not commit just yet.
1: Exactly. But perks will include more of my ramblings.
4: And with me, you get in on the right parties.
1: There are wrong parties?
4: There's a world of difference between mid-twenties and late-teens. You don't want to be at one of those parties.
1: (laughs) I'll take your word for it. Is everything
4: okay? There's this woman that keeps glancing over at us. Where? Behind you, in the corner.
1: Holy shit! Excuse me! Excuse me!
4: Wow, she got out of there fast! That was weird, right?
1: You don't know the half of it. She looks like we could be related. Yeah, she kind of does. And I've never seen that woman before in my life. (sighs)
5: Hi, Mom. I'm in the middle of a run. You have time to run, but not call. The agreement was once a week. Everything you are is because of me. You wouldn't be down there if it wasn't for what I've
1: done. So the least you can do is call when you said you would. You're right. I apologize. I know it's a poor excuse, but I've had a lot on my mind. And filling up the new place. So I forgive you. This is going to be your new home now. So use our interior designer. It's a two-bedroom apartment. I doubt I can mess up the feng shui that much.
5: (laughs) Well, tell me everything.
1: Not much to tell. Classes are going good.
5: Any cute boys? Mom. Make sure they come from a good family and no musicians. Jesus
1: Christ! He doesn't count. There's a guy. We're friends. Do not sleep with your friends. Mom! Jesus! (laughs) Are you at least smiling? A smile that's masked being mortified. What else? I started therapy. What? You don't need therapy. I'm just giving it a test run. But you're right. I'm probably not going to do it that much. If at all. What's their name? Dr. Ellie Bawkins. She's apparently the best. For this area.
5: Are you talking
1: about me? Mostly about, you know, losing dad as a kid and stuff. Speak up. It was my one session, so we were getting to know each other. You don't need it. You're like
5: me. We work through problems and let the bodies fall where they may.
1: Nice metaphor. (laughs) You know what I mean.
5: You're smart and beautiful and people love and hate that. Take it from me.
1: I don't think the world is out to love or hate me. I'll just keep my head down and work my ass off.
5: Keep your head never down. You are my daughter. Okay. Everything I do is for the better good, which includes you.
1: Hey. it. I just saw someone I knew. I need to call you back. Love you, bye. Hey, stop. Why are you running? Clearly faster than you. <sighs> oh, shit! Hold a dang muscle. You're in heels. No kidding. I saw you yesterday. Why are you following me? Mom send you to spy? <laughs> Honey, you don't know the half of it. Are we? Are we related?
3: I'm your sister. sister.
4: I Am Echo is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by Nat Mundell, Robert Midas, Christopher Leach, and Dan Benamore. Directed by Christopher Leach. Written by Josh Nadler. Story by Rachel Cosgrove and Josh Nadler, derived from an original concept by Rachel Cosgrove. Starring Narita Bronwyn as Catherine. Additional cast credits are available in the show notes. Editing and sound design by Andres Coca. Original music by Darius Gonzalez. If you're enjoying the show, Please leave us a five star review in Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening, and subscribe now
2: for future episodes.
3: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.